The Lord be with you. I'm not sure if someone is trying to tell me something by putting this this far back here and making me, but I'm going to move it forward. You missed. <laughs> I thought you were looking at me and I threw the ball at you. Okay. Um, let's see. I spoke briefly in announcements, and you'll hear it again if you didn't, but most of you probably were here last week when Sven Schumacher was here and talked about Lutheran and Child and Family Services and the needs they have. And uh, rather than say, oh, gee, what are we going to do now? Uh, I talked to Linda, and we just went boom and said, we'll do this. Or maybe I said, we'll do this, and Linda went, good. So <laughs> I have a bad habit of doing things like that. But um, so what we're doing are reverse Advent boxes. And uh, da, 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 I do not see Marilyn Payton. But she sent me, texted me a picture of one a week or so ago, and I went, I like this. We should do this. And then this came about, and I said, I like this. We should do this. So what you are to do is to go home and, uh, after the late service, and you can, you know, depending on how, how much you want to get. I know kids get into this sort of stuff, but you could make a box and divide it with days like an advent calendar, or you could simply put a bag or a box or something in the house and daily just drop something in it on this list that Lutheran Child and Family Services could use. Um, it could also be food items. Uh, we didn't put them on there, but they do that as well, and it'll get to the right place. So, you know, go in the pantry, grab a one-pound box of spaghetti or a can of beans or something, or drop, you know, toothbrush or whatever you got. Um, I know nobody's going to be at the store the next few weeks to get anything. So, but, uh, and then what we'll do is on December 30th, the last Sunday of this month after Christmas, we will bring all of them on that day and uh, hopefully fill the narthex with them. And uh, then we'll call Lutheran Child and Family Service and say, Sven, bring the truck and get this stuff out of here. So uh, that would be good. Um, so that was one announcement. And uh, yeah, Pastor McKay was at the early service. If you saw him, you might have just seen uh, kind of like uh, Moses was able to see the Lord. You might have just seen his backside running out as he headed home because he's got a truck sitting in his driveway he needs to get unloaded. Uh, and I think he's got plenty of help over there to do it. I heard Mark say he's got an army. Um, so he's good on that and, and uh, too many Indians and gets kind of crazy. So I think he's handling that well. Um, yeah, that is all that. So let's uh, start with prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you desire to be our King. You are our King of all creation. But you desire us to honor you as our King and to bow ourselves before you. Your demands are not great. You ask that we just repent and seek salvation through your Son, Jesus, and nothing else. And with that does not come a burden, but comes with a freedom from our sin, from our, from our guilt, from our conscience that constantly persecutes us for what we have done. 
We give thanks for this, and we ask that you would open our hearts and minds to be able to understand this great gift you give. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, Luke. Luke, Luke, Luke. 19, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Luke 19, 28. Probably, yeah. Um, this is the uh, standard reading for the first Sunday in Advent, I think. Jesus' triumphal entry. Um, I don't know. I, when I first thought of it, I kind of scratched my head like, this is a Passion Week and Easter, what are we doing? You'd think something else. But, but it makes sense the more you think of it. Um, you know, his Advent is coming and then his is coming to Jerusalem. Um, so it really makes perfect sense. Uh, and it begins, uh, it says, And when he had said these things, what things? Um, let's see. Now we go back to the parable of the ten minas. Uh, let's see. Yeah. The... Uh, Nobleman went to a far country to receive uh, for himself a kingdom, and he called his ten servants, and he gave them each ten minas, and said to them, Engage in business until I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, We do not want this man to reign over us. When he returned, having received the kingdom, he ordered the servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him, that he might know what they had gained by doing business. The first came before him, saying, Lord, your mina has made ten minus more. And he said to him, Well done, good servant, because you have been faithful in, a very, in very little. You shall have authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, your mina has made five minas. And he said to him, And you are to be over five cities. And another came, saying, Lord, here is your mina, which I kept laid away in a handkerchief, for I was afraid of you, because you are a severe man. You take what you do not, did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. He said to him, said to him, I will condemn you with your own words, you wicked servant. You knew, I was, you knew that I was a severe man, taking what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank at my coming? It might have collected with interest. And he said to those who stood by, take the mina from him and give it to the one who has ten minas. And they said to him, Lord, he has ten minas. I tell you that to everyone who has more will be given, but from the one who has not even what he has will be taken away. But as far as these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slaughter them before me. Woo! <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so when he had said those things, bring them here and slaughter them, um, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount that is called Olivet, and sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied, um, tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say this, the Lord has need of it. Um, this kind of you know, sets up the whole uh, kingly entry into Jerusalem. You have the parable of the ten minas, the ruler you know, that's rejected, um, and then Jesus going up to Jerusalem. Um, 
he uh, sends for a colt that uh, has never been sat on. Um, it, was, it was common for kings to commandeer uh, animals or whatever they needed, you know, as they went along in their kingdom and uh, used what they needed, take what they needed. And an animal that had not been ever sat on um, would also be an animal possibly kept for sacrifice. Or, you know, no one would dare, um, let's say you had a colt come into a fold and, and uh, it was going to be the king's horse. Well, no one would dare put their hiney on the king's horse at any point. It would be the king who would put his hiney on the horse um, because he's the king. So he would have a horse that nobody had ridden on. In this case, it is a donkey, um, which is a, a humble thing. You know, king would come with chariots and with whatever else, riding on a rather large animal probably. Um, but he comes on a donkey um, that has not been ridden on because he is the king that comes. Um, if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say this, the Lord has need of it. Um, it's interesting because, you know, I mean, God grants, uh, you know, he, we give thanks that he gives us our house and home and our land and our animals and obviously gave this animal to this person who is the small L Lord over that animal. Um, so really you might read this as, him saying, the Lord of all has need of it. Um, or, you know, your Lord has need of it. The greater Lord has need of it. Um, and so he lets him have the animal. Um, and to the, you know, I mean, Jesus' foreknowledge of knowing it would be there, that's fully capable. Um, to, the, uh, to him just giving it, um, it's interesting, I was reading the, the, this time in Jerusalem, you know, is Passover, and there's pilgrims from all over, Galilee, everywhere else that have come in, and these are the regions where Jesus has been out performing miracles. So there are a lot of people that have heard of this Jesus of Nazareth, um, and, uh, you know, I mean, this, this, he has probably heard that, yeah, we hear he's coming this way, and when he hears the Lord has need of it, he's like, okay, this is, you know, um, Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, the great, you know, prophet that's coming, take it. Um, and this plays into uh, further down where uh, we read that as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. Um, and as he was drawing near already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen. They had seen lepers healed. They had seen blind people healed. They had seen uh, dead people raised. They had seen thousands fed. Um, and even the disciples don't fully understand what all this means until Pentecost. Um, you know, they're still in, in, a, in a state of... Uh, I guess I say, you know, the veil is still there. They just don't fully understand. Um, so th uh, 
a lot of these people are, are probably thinking, here does come the, the Davidic king that is going to take over and release them, you know, from Roman rule, possibly. Um, but they're heralding this, this king who comes. And they, it, it was interesting for the Pharisees, um, because as they're doing all this, and they're, you know, they're saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven, and glory in the highest, you know, they're all but repeating the words of the angels at his birth that, you know, we'll so joyously sing in the coming weeks. Um, and then some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, teacher, rebuke your disciples. And <laughs> this is, uh, let's see, what just went through my head? Um, this is kind of this, well, kind of like, I mean, this is Martin Luther has a similar moment in that, you know, uh, he's told to recant what he's written. And he says, I can't recant everything I've written. You've got here spread out before me because a lot of what I've written you agree with and is in line with your doctrine. You know, show me where I'm wrong from Scripture. And they're basically saying, teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he can't. It would be to deny himself. You know, they are right in what they are saying. And for him to say, stop it, would be to say, you're wrong. But he can't do that. And so he answers him, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. And that, God Almighty can make rocks cry out. Um, it's also said that, it, that if the Jews didn't, and if those in Galilee didn't that were visiting, the Gentiles would do it. The, you know, the Gentiles were thought of as stones. Um, and, you know, the, the, the stones of their hearts that, that he would circumcise um, to give them faith. Um, so there would still be an outcry. Um, the, uh, so they, they're heading into Jerusalem. And I should have brought with this with me, but you like go down into the valley, you come back up, and you kind of get a glimpse, and then you don't, and you go behind another mountain type of thing, and then you come out, and here's Jerusalem, and it's these palms, and it's like this oasis, there's these palms and these farms, and it's, you know, walled and the whole thing, and, and there's the temple, and when Jesus, uh, when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it. And he said, would, you, would that you, even you had known on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes, for the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear, down, uh, tear to the ground you and your children within you, and they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. Um, Jesus weeps and, you know, it's, I mean, he knows where he's going. He knows he's going to the cross. That's been his goal through his whole ministry. But he weeps for the people of Jerusalem because they don't recognize what they have before them, the king that's come. 
um, to be their Lord and to bring them forgiveness and salvation. And so, you know, our, our reading stopped where it said uh, the very stones cry out, but then there's this weeping that Jesus has uh, for them. It's, I mean, the, the, the weeping at, at um, Lazarus' tomb was weeping, but this is a much deeper uh, weeping and wailing, you know, for his entire people uh, that reject him as king. Uh, and that's the whole story of, of Israel, and, you know, they reject God and seek other gods. Um, and he's talking about the destruction of the temple that would come in, in 70 A.D. when the Romans came and just tore the whole thing down. Um, it was also going to be the destruction that came with his resurrection, where the temple would just have no further use because they would be worshiping in spirit and truth after Pentecost. Um, so the, with all these pilgrims there, the Pharisees are kind of have their hands tied because they uh, don't really want to approach and threaten him for fear of the people. Um, the Jews in Jerusalem um, may not have heard of these miracles. Um, you know, Jesus did some there, but not as many as he did in the outer areas. Um, and so they were less inclined, I guess you'd say, to to greet him in the way that many of the pilgrims probably did that were there just, you know, for that short period. Um, so they had to connive away, and that's, you know, the rest of the, of the passion story through Holy Week. Um, I guess... <laughs> what else? I don't want to give you my sermon yet. That would be bad. <laughs> then you'd all go, well, we got that. Let's go home. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, he comes in, in such an unexpected way. And, and I think that's, you know, even true. Well, it is true today. You know, when you tell people of Christ and, and you know, someone has to die and, you know, what kind of, what kind of king is that? Um, but it's, it's, it's a perfect, humble servant king that gives of himself completely for his, his kingdom. Um, and you just won't find anybody on earth that will do that. Um, you know, I mean, we think we want to do good and we want to give and we'll fill our, our little advent boxes and we'll bring them in and somewhere in the back of our head we'll go, nice job did good on that one. But, you know, everything we do is polluted and touched with sin. Not so for Christ. There was no sin in him. And so he became sin. He became our sin and carried our sin. Um, what else? I don't know. Thoughts? Questions? I'm open. Yes, sir. Chuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, it's, uh, you know, the need, whatever it is. I mean, this is Jesus' own need, but, it, I mean, it, it's, it's for his church. It's so, so he'll be recognized, you know, for who he is. And there it is. Um, and, you know, God provides our needs as well. And it may not be sometimes the way we want. Uh, but that's, that's why I say, you know, you get, get into heaven and we'll have those V8 moments where we slap ourselves on the forehead and go, oh, that's what that was about back then. Now I understand. And we'll know these things that we don't know now. Um, so, yeah, the, uh, what else came to me then? Um, I don't know. Anybody else? Dun, 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 dun. I looked out a minute ago and I thought of something. It was over here. Yes, I know what it was. Dun, 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 dun. This may happen to you someday. But um, I, I, I rebaptized. Ms. Boatman this morning, yes, I did, um, <laughs> with wine. I'm not sure how that happened, but um, yeah, tip the chalice, and I, I looked down, and she kind of smiled, and there's wine running down both sides of her cheeks, and I'm like, oh, and she's at the rail going like this, and I said, I just wiped it with the thing, and then I looked down, and it looked like someone just pulled a wisdom tooth, just all over the front of her <laughs> So, luckily, she's wearing a jacket today. Uh, I, I, I guess I should keep a little thing in my pocket that says, send me your cleaning bill. But um, she laughed, and I smiled, and we went on. And so, I, I think I'm forgiven. And, uh, <laughs> but, mm, I don't know that for sure. But I will accept blame. But, yeah. So, you know, this is the fear of, of crucifers and acolytes. I had to... Um, one today he's like, can you show me how to do this? And I'm like, yeah. And, and uh, I'm like, there's, you know, you'll do something wrong and, you know, we'll get through it. It's no big deal. You know, it's like we all do something. But, uh, yeah, so uh, just, you know, I didn't mean to. If it happens to you, I, don't, I won't mean to. Um, I don't know. What else? Back to our text. That's just kind of, I threw that out there. That's the way I am. Random. Yes, sir, Neil. Well, there certainly is a symbolism of the lamb, but um, I, I don't know. Pastor Ullman, do you know anything about that sort of uh, tradition out there among the Jews? I mean, I know they had a gate they brought the sacrificial animals through. And... I like it. All right. Yeah, that, that's a good sermon illustration. Well, I'll put that one in my pocket. Um, yeah, it, it just the whole idea of of you know he all these things you, you you hear of Jesus going up to Jerusalem and everything with Jesus leads up. 
Um, you know, he's lifted up on the cross. Um, he's taken up into heaven. And everything from his birth is just moving forward and up towards Jerusalem. Um, yeah, because he is the Lamb. Um, what else? Nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Okay. Um, well, then rather than give you my sermon, I'm going to stop it right there. Unless there's something more. I'm sorry. Um, anything else we got to go over? No? We're good. Okay. We'll close with prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we give thanks for your Son, Jesus, who came as our King. We ask that you would keep our eyes fixed on him in this season of Advent and Christmas, that around all the things that swirl in this life, the, the programs, the school programs, the shoppings, the dinners, the parties, that our eyes would always be fixed on Jesus and the salvation we have, the forgiveness we have, the eternal life we have. We give thanks for this in his name. Amen.